On episode 273 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to transform your tennis fitness with Coach T.C. Costello. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. This is Mirban Iranshad, your host, and I'm really excited to bring you an interview with Coach TC Costello. I actually met TC for the first time. Uh, at JTCC, uh, it's a lot of T and C's, <laughs> but um, uh, please excuse the uh, the humor. But I talked to TC um, uh, actually at the uh, homecoming, if you will, for Francis TFO uh, a few days before that, or maybe it was a week before that. Brad Gilbert came to town, and who I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you haven't checked that episode already, uh, checked it out yet, then definitely do so. But Brett talked, and then he actually invited TC up to chat about uh, Francis's um, ascent, um, you know, up into the top twenty, and you know, just, he did so well at the U.S. Open, which was such a fun run to check out and support. And you know, I was really impressed by um, TC and what he said about uh, Francis's commitment to fitness and changing his mindset. And then I emailed him after that, I believe, and then I chatted with him, as I mentioned, at Francis's uh, homecoming, where uh, they, uh, I think Prince George's County actually named that day Francis TFO Day. So that was really cool. But yeah, I uh, managed to get TC on the show, and um, TC is the Senior Director of Athlete Development at the Junior Tennis Champions Center. I've had many guests on from there because they have uh, some really elite coaches as well as players that have played there. Um, we've had uh, Vesa uh, on the show, uh, Vesa Ponka. Um, I've had Dennis Kudla on, who trained there. Uh, I've had uh, Robin Montgomery, who we mentioned on today's show as well. And TC is the current fitness coach of Francis TFO. He works with um, many ITF top 10 players as well, and uh, WTA player Allison Risk. And he is... Uh, NSCA strength and conditioning specialist uh, and a DBC fitness level one coach as well. So he has the credentials to back up, uh, you know, his excellent uh, work in the field. Um, so yeah, it was just really cool to talk with TC about, um, you know, his background in fitness, um, which uh, certification he thought was the most helpful. And then, you know, most importantly for us tennis players, what, um, type of exercise routine should we employ, um, especially for us, um, you know, in between the three O to four or five levels mainly is, is the audience, uh, population of the show. So, yeah. And then we obviously do talk about Francis's training and, um, you know, what he did to really elevate his game. And I think you'll be a, a little bit surprised, um, about, uh, how he did it and, uh, you know, what type of 
uh, routine he had and uh, how important it is to really uh, understand your body and who you are and uh, base your everybody. It's an honor to have on TC Costello uh, on the podcast. On I'm just really excited so because I do um, think some of my really favorite guests have been in the tennis and fitness realm. Ado, and here as I mentioned in the intro, uh, TC obviously TC has uh, some sick credentials in that realm. You know, training some great players uh, like Francis, obviously, um, and Robin. So yeah, uh, TC. First of all, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. I'm. Uh, thank you for having me. So. Yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll just launch into it, man, because I know that you have, uh, you know, a training session um, on the next hour. So I uh, just want to get a little bit of your back before we, we, you know, we ask like the um, really interesting, um, you know, tennis specific uh, fitness questions. So, like, how did you yeah. get into the world of tennis fitness? That's always interesting to me. So my story, my, my, my dad was a strength and conditioning coach. He was the strength and conditioning mm. coach for the University of Maryland's football team in the 80s. And then wow. he went with the Washington Capitals from about 1988 to 2003. And then wow. he, in around 2004, started working with some tennis players here. Vesa had contacted him and he started doing some stuff with tennis. And he had worked with some pretty good players. Dennis, when he was real young and uh, – Vera Zoranareva, who I think got to like three in the world. Um, so he worked with them when he, and so that's kind of how I, I got into it. He, he, he left tennis and kind of retired. My dad has a background in track. He was coaching track in Maryland, but that's kind of how I got into both. That's how I got into strength and conditioning was because of my dad. I grew up around it. Didn't really know that's what I wanted to do. And, but I, every summer in college, I would end up just working with him. So I was around it. And then you know, I, it just happened to be when I got out that Frank Salazar Vesa reached back out to my dad and asked him to come back. And so I just, it was, he, he asked me if I would be interested in coming to work with him. And I said, yeah. And then that's how I got into it. And then my, when my dad retired, I kind of took over, but it's kind of, I've been around it. My dad was, I mean, he was one of the first strength coaches in the NHL. And so I, I, I grew up around it and then he happened to work with tennis. And so that's how I just got into it. Yeah. That's really awesome. Like I didn't realize that your dad was working with all these like professional teams. Um, yeah. So really cool. Uh, yeah. He, he, he had a, uh, he had a huge background in strength. I mean, that was so that was, if it wasn't yeah. for him, I, I don't know if I would be, you know, working in this, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. And, and uh, yeah, kudos to him. And, is there one particular certification or like training program? I'm just curious, you know, cause I've gotten this question from some um, like aspiring tennis fitness coaches. Like, is there one program out there that like you think really helped to your, you know, enhance your, your fitness knowledge or tennis specific fitness knowledge, one or the other? Well, I went out and, and got the NSCA CSCS, which is mm -hmm. one of the main uh, certifications for like, you know, college strength and conditioning, professional strength and conditioning, you're going to find everybody has that. Um, so that's a, that's a tough one to get. And I had to study and I got, I, I worked my way and got that. And that's the main one I have. And then you, you just tack on with tennis specifically. There's a few out there that there's that I think Mark Kovacs has a yeah certified yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. ITP, <laughs> yeah 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 he yeah. has a certification. I know I, I've actually been meaning to to get into that and I just haven't had the time. But 
I know that one. I mean, he's he's really he's he's the best. So that one, yeah. if you're looking for if people were looking to really kind of because if you take the NSCS, you're you're getting it, none of it's tailored to tennis. It's all just mm. strength and conditioning and for every sport. And it's not if you're looking for one centered towards tennis, that one is would be perfect because and then he's got a book as well. Uh, I think it's called the Net. I don't know if, what it's called exactly, but that book, I, I, when I first started yeah, tennis, that book kind of, that book was huge to me because it kind of laid out the, the, how long the points are, the different surfaces, the stuff that people don't really look into, you know, that when they just hear tennis, they don't really take into consideration, you know, the different surfaces, how long each point is, how long the breaks are. And that book did a real good job explaining all that. So that's important to, so if I were to recommend one specifically towards tennis, I'd recommend that. And then, just reading those books as well. But the NSC, yeah, if, you sure. want, if you want to get into strength and conditioning, usually you're going to have to ha- have that certification. Most every, you know, high level strength coach has that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've seen a lot of them, uh, you know, the good ones have that as well. And yeah, I think the book, which I also haven't forgot the name, but I just Googled it on my computer is a uh, complete conditioning for tennis. Yeah, that might it. be the one you're talking about. That's it. There's yeah, another one. Yeah. That he, I believe it's by him. It, it's like a, it's the same thing, but it's a tennis anatomy book. It's another good one. Oh yeah. It's another good one because it, uh, I mean, it just, it, it lays out, you know, what muscles are used the most and it, it, it's just, it's tailored specifically towards tennis. It's very unique. You don't get that a lot. Yeah, true. Yeah. I need to get that one, but we'll definitely link those books in the show notes page. And yeah, for those on audio, I, I would held up my shirt cause I'm wearing ITPA okay. shirt, but yeah, I actually, <laughs> I got the TPT like level one, um, you know, cert a while ago, but it was really cool. Like, you know, it definitely helped me, uh, to, you know, yeah, enhance yeah. my nod as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess as far as tennis fitness principles for adult players, we'll try to like adapt it to, you know, most of the audiences I was telling you before we started uh, recording are like, you know, between like maybe three O to like four five, some yeah. five O's and whatnot, uh, some two fives. Like what are like the one or two most important tennis fitness principles that tennis players in that um, range uh, need to uh, keep in mind or follow? Well, I, I would recommend see I, I don't work with a whole lot of adults in my time working with adults and it took me a while to kind of because i'm a big you know i, I love I, i'm the higher levels movement is so important and then yeah when you start working with adults you realize that <laughs> you're going to have a high injury background and you're going to have yeah. so many limitations as to what you can do and the adults that i have worked with i run into that you know it took me a while to kind of get used to that that okay this drill doesn't really work because these older, if they're older, if they've had injuries, they can't move as well. So I would recommend, and what I was, it's just a general strength program. Just honestly, just getting in the gym and, and being consistent with your strength training will help. I don't think with the older population, it's, it's beneficial to get real specific into tennis and do all these drills, these cone drills going out. Cause it's just not realistic. Mm. And uh, mm. especially if you get, you know, there's some people that only play doubles and there's some people that, yeah. that, especially when you get into an older population, they like to play doubles, they play on clay. So there's not really a lot of movement to begin with. So mm. just keeping them healthy would be the main thing. And I, mm. and that is just honestly getting in and, and getting with a trainer and making sure you're doing these the exercises the right way, making sure you're squatting the right way, lunging the right way, mm. keeping the core strong. I, I just, 
getting on a general strength program and doing it, making sure you're doing that correctly, especially when you're when you're a little bit older, the technique, there's so many limitations, whether you got a hip problem. So I, yeah. I would, if you don't know, you know, if you don't have a big background with training, I would recommend definitely, at least in the beginning, working with a trainer, just to make sure you have the, the technique right, because you you don't want to go in there and you're end up doing more harm than good. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, TC, because I mean, you know, obviously a lot of adults like don't even really, you know, lift weights or, you know, right. do have a strength and conditioning program at all. So I guess, you know, maybe the prioritization for them is just the injury prevention yeah, and to stay I strong. And, more, you know, yeah, the more, I don't want to say generic, but more, you know, like a just basic strength and conditioning exercises done well are going to benefit that yeah. more than, you know, doing fancy drills with cones and then movement. Cause if their movement's not, you know, maybe you got to look at it kind of individually, obviously some adults, maybe they do want to do that and they can, they're great That's movers serious, yeah. and then you can, you can do a little bit more with them. But I, I think as people get older, just being on a, a strength and conditioning plan consistently and, and, you know, not nothing, I'm not going to get into specific exercises or anything, but just doing that, you know, squats, lunges, whatever it is that you, you can do to keep strong and, and core upper body, keeping the shoulder healthy, all that. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I guess, um, <laughs> if you were to design like an ideal and you know, it's, it's, so there's a lot of factors like, cause I know like, you know, it depends how many days per week you can work out and things like that. So maybe I'll give you a hypothetical and then you can tell me what you think. So let's say this player has, uh, maybe three days a week that they can work out maybe like 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, in terms of like, do you, you know, with the three days, like, do you want them to be doing uh, three or four days? Do you want them to be doing like, you know, upper lower? Do you want them to do like full body? Like what are your thoughts on, on that? And, and also like, I know you mentioned like the prioritization again is like the, um, uh, I guess strength training, but like, I don't know if you also would add anything else in there. Like, let's say maybe they're, have decent health? Like, do you want to add like a agility footwork day? Like, I, I, I don't know. What, what, what so once again, it would, it would, well, in this scenario, we'll yeah. kind of view this person as a healthy, you know, they haven't had a lot of surgeries they can move. So yeah, in that yeah. case, I would still, for the strength work, I would definitely do full body. Okay. So okay. I, I full body lifts, okay. a push, a pull, lower body, push, pull, that kind of layout mm. core mixed in there. Um, maybe some general shoulder stuff and then anything to that person specifically, if they have limitations and maybe you go through a little mobility with those limitations or, or whatever it may be. But so if it was three days a week, 30 minutes, I would, I would recommend, cause that's a li limited amount of time. I would try to honestly, if, let's say it was, you had a chance Monday, Wednesday, Friday to work out. I would try to do three strength workouts, um, full body strength workouts, maybe, maybe Monday, Wednesday, straight, and maybe Friday, you could add a, a conditioning day just to, if, mm. if like a cardio day, um, okay. once again, that would all depend on the person's health. Uh, you know, maybe the person can only walk. They're not, they can't really get on a treadmill and put it on, you know, seven speed and go, that's too much, too much pounding on the body. Yeah. So even walking for 40 minutes, whatever it may be just to, you know, get a little bit of cardio then. And then you got to also take into consideration how much they're hitting already so yeah you know the, the if they're playing singles and they're hitting four days a week they're getting a little bit of conditioning there so maybe you don't mm. so i i would 
I think it would be important to do the, uh, the strength work maybe three days a week, full body, gotcha. full body. And now look, obviously, you know, that can change what, what the person's goals are. If the person's goals are to improve tennis, then that's exactly what I do. If the person's goals are to, you know, get jacked and look good, then that changes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. So yeah, that all, through that. yeah, that all changes. So, but if it was yeah. general tent to improve someone's tennis, I would recommend full body list, maybe three days a week. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know TC that you didn't, I know you mentioned you, you weren't going to get into maybe specific exercises. Maybe it was for that particular question, but I was just wondering, like, you know, for those who maybe uh, I'll just say myself, like, um, I'm a little bit out of the range, but say, you know, I'm like a five Oh player. Like I am like pretty serious about like, you know, USA leagues trying to get to nationals, like maybe getting back into like tournaments soon, things like that. So like, if I really do want to actually, um, like let's say add an agility day and like um you know try to get like quicker on the court mm -hmm. are there any particular you know because you know i guess a lot of us are familiar with like some of the basic drills like are there any like basic footwork drills like on court that you think are are really good you like i know like mark kovacs talks about like the mk drill you got the spider yeah. drill like yeah, you know all these things like the mk drill is, is good that's more of a conditioning okay. drill so that's just gonna you're not gonna really mm -hmm. improve speed there but in terms of yeah. agility, I I like to do mo if I'm doing agility work on the court, I like to do it with a reactionary component where I'm mm. kind of pointing and and we're pointing or going to a color just to keep it a little bit similar to the game. Um, yeah, like I don't do a lot of like ladder work because I it just gets it almost becomes like dance steps where it gets if you if you're good at it it just becomes natural and easy and you're not there's no reactionary yeah, you yeah. can almost zone out and just do it but keeping the player engaged by you know I, I even a four cone like if i'm at the baseline and i you've probably seen it i think it's an extra if they're doing if they're hitting yeah um but just doing that but without the hitting where they just go back and touch the cone but they come to the middle and i point back i point back i point forward i point forward and just i like doing drills like that with the reactionary component because it, it, it relates more to the sport. And so yeah. Yeah, if it, it depends if I'm doing it more from a conditioning standpoint, I could give a little bit of rest. If I'm doing it more for speed component and I want everything done at a hundred percent, I may go shorter time and a lot of rest. It, it just depends. But those, if I'm doing agility drills for tennis, I'd recommend having a reactionary component. So mm. even if it's literally as simple as keeping the person at the baseline, right. And, they're doing, let's say they're just keeping their feet active on the baseline. And you point out wide, wide forehand, and they go out, hit a wide forehand, come back, short forehand, wide back, mm. short forehand, back. Like just, you know, it's it's nothing crazy, but that way it, it it's keeping their feet active and it's going to relate more to the sport. So, because there's no, yeah, there's no, you can get real, you know, I don't know if there's a magic drill that could make you quicker on the court because it's such a combination of things and a lot of it you know some people are always going to be faster than other people that's just genetic but then a lot of the way you build it your speed and your strength is in the gym too so mm. yeah yeah no 100 percent. yeah i love that reactionary um drill tip because like obviously like in the in tennis you know like <laughs> you're reacting like the person like where they're hitting the ball right. so that's what you'd want to do right. um instead of just you know springing back and forth just just like simple, simple is better in my opinion than 
doing some crazy, you know, cone set up all over the place and just, you know, mm-hmm. making it outrageous just like, cause it looks cool. But so I, I think simple right, is better. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Especially as you mentioned, like, you know, a lot of us in the leagues, especially are playing doubles. So right, yeah, right. I mean, it's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, you know, there's just, I think a lot of times people can get, you know, go nuts with ladder drills and cause it looks cool. And yeah. Know. Yeah. How would you make, like, I, you know, a lot of us will, will train by ourselves and whatnot, just go to the court. Like, is there any way to like make it reactionary, like on our own? It's, it's funny. Cause you made me think of like when I was in law school and I actually stopped playing tennis and went through the meathead phase that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I went on the heavy bag sometimes and like, I had this like bass rooting tape. Um, it was like an MMA fi- fighter, former one. Um, and like, he would just shout out like random combinations. Right, and I pretty, just, like, that's actually it, pretty, so. I've never heard of that. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I was, yeah, like, yeah, it was cool. Thinking off the top of my head to your question, would there be a way to do it on yeah. your, on your own? Oh, that'd be tough. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know. I've never even really thought of doing it on your own. I've always, you know, if I do agility work, I usually I'm doing it with the athlete. I wouldn't have them do yeah. it on their own. Um, if, yeah, if, maybe that grab a case, would, if that was the case, I would just, it would become more of a, you know, like figure eights or something like that, where they don't need a reactionary yeah. component, just ba- more basic agility drills. But I like to do the reactionary stuff. There's probably so like I know the lights, they have the lights that can react. Oh yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. That raises place. That's yeah. not probably realistic for most people. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess technically you could do something where if you set up it like that, that's like really smart. The tape, the tape was very smart. Like if you just recorded yeah. yourself going like uh short forehand, like short back and just kind of could go back yeah. based on that, it wouldn't be much different. So that would work. Yeah. I've never thought of it. There you go. I've never thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll Sweet. use it now. Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, this is what happens when you brainstorm, man. Right. Yeah, just like, you know, record it and you won't remember you it. Could and do then it. You, just you could play you could easily yeah. do that. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Love that. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, and then kind of on the opposite end of like a previous question, what are maybe the top couple biggest fitness mistakes that we're making? And it's a broad question. So yeah, I mean, it could be about like any component of fitness really. For, for the general public, I think it, it, and as for maybe more your listeners for, you know, more record or whatever level that you said, but yeah, I, I think they don't do enough stuff in the gym. I think sometimes people kind of shy away from, from strength and conditioning work. 
I think it's really yeah. important to keep that up as you get older. I think that'll, that'll, I, I think people for some reason get away from when they get older, maybe, you know, squatting or maybe doing deadlifts or if, if you have good technique and, and you can do it, you've got to keep doing those exercises and you can, you can vary it to make it easier. Like, you know, maybe deadlifting. Yeah. As you get older, it's maybe not the best thing to do if you're not used to it and you don't have great technique, but then do you, there's no reason you can't do it like a trap bar deadlift. That's a little yeah, bit easier it. and it's going to keep you in, in that. So I think people get away from that. Um, and then going back, I think people get a little bit ridiculous with agility drills. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, making it social media, making it over the top fancy and stuff. And when it just, you could make it so much simpler. And then I think, yeah. and then once again, getting, you know, getting too crazy in the gym doing, whether it's box jumps, stuff that, that looks good, but maybe just isn't really beneficial for someone that could just be doing basic strength exercises really well and getting the, yeah. getting the same result. So I, I think that's yeah. a mistake people make. Um, they get, it's kind of the opposite. They either, they get away from strength training because they don't, they think, Oh, I'm, it's not good for me. I don't have the technique, whatever it is. And on the other side, maybe they get too out of control with wanting it to look cool. So they start doing box jumps and they're landing with terrible technique, yeah. if you have bad technique on all that stuff. And you're not, doing it for a purpose you're not doing anything so you know i i I think that those are those are mistakes people make and then like i said on court just just keep it basic keep it simple and 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 you know make sure it's going to have a carryover to the court you know if you're doing ladder work you know at least be able to explain why you're doing ladder work you know is it to get your feet warmed up is it to i want to improve my tennis well how's that going to improve your tennis so just yeah. knowing the why behind everything that you're doing. Yeah, really important. I think I remember, um, was it Gil Reyes or somebody was, yeah, it was him that was telling us at one of these conferences at ITPA how like uh, Andre would always ask him, like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing yeah, this? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's uh, I was in- to ask that. It really is. Yeah. I think even, yeah. even, even on, even on court with coaches and, and players, you know, ask why, I mean, as long as you do it in a, you know, not a, Hey, this drill's dumb. Why are we doing it? Not like that. But asking a, you know, a respectful way, the coach is always going to give you a straight answer. So, you know, I'm not offended yeah. if someone asks me why, Hey, I got a few questions about this drill. I just want to know why we're doing it. As long as it's not yeah. said to me and say, this drill's yeah. dumb. Why are we doing it? <laughs> then I'm gonna throw you out. I, I can tell you, yeah. you you got a thick skin, TC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, yeah. I remember I had uh, one of my good friends in uh, tennis. You know, great fitness coach in tennis, Dean Hollingworth. Um, he he was talking about kind of similar point that you made about like um you know ridiculous drills and and exercises like you just see them on social media and then you just copy them, but you again yeah. you don't know like right. why are you doing problem. this or what utility. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a real problem, a especially problem. with social media. I think you get Instagram and you see some drill and you just go out and do it without knowing what it is. And, you know, especially if you're doing something like, you know, I see a lot like box jumps or something. And if you're landing those things, cause you're a little older and you're landing them with terrible technique, <laughs> you're just destroying <laughs> your body. Indeed. Why? Because you saw it on like, Oh, this guy did it. You know, you see Alcaraz doing a drill. Like if you're 50 50 years old, you probably (laughs) go out and do that drill because 
I saw Alcaraz doing. Well, Alcaraz is like a freak athlete. So, you know, maybe you can't do that drill. So you have to, yeah. that's, that's important. Exactly. Yeah. Progressions, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Very that's why it is, very you know, it is important. I think, especially if you're a little bit older and you're just, you don't have a big background in strength and conditioning. If you're, if you played tennis in college, you're going to know enough to probably not need a trainer. If your technique is good, if you know what you're doing yeah, and you paid attention in college when you were in the gym and you'll probably be fine. But if you have no training background, I would at least in the beginning, hundred percent start with a trainer just to make sure your technique is, is good. I mean, you go to a gym, you'll see people with horrific technique and it just, <laughs> you know, it just, it's like, Oh man, this person's just asking to get hurt. So yeah. The old, uh, bicep curls in the squat rack. Yeah. yeah right. And that. this doing <laughs> deadlift and their back is just flexed or you're just going home. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, not great to watch. No. So, um, yeah, uh, obviously you've done so much great work, and I, you know, I, it was really cool to meet you. Like when, um, uh, you know, Brad came into town, and and you know, you gave a really cool, like, you know, a few minutes to talk about Francis, like uh, during that time, and then I talked to you, like I think a few days after at um, Francis's, um, uh, like coming back day from the yeah, US Open yeah. sort of thing, which was which was really cool. And they like I think they named it, you know, that day Francis DFO Day yeah, in yeah. PG County, which is sick. Right. But um yeah, I think I was uh yeah, you you're talking about like Francis and how like he committed himself for like 30 straight days to like to to fitness like every single morning. So I was really curious to kind of get into that, you know, I guess what was the cause of that and then, you know, whatever details you can give us. I'm really curious as to like what types of things like well, he was doing. He um, went, he, yeah, that was in February. He went, uh, he had had some injuries at the end of last year. He played mm. Vienna. He got to the finals. He played Paris and then he had some, some, what he thought was elbow injury. And so he, what it, it couldn't really serve, wasn't feeling great. And mm. so he decided he, he, he spent his off season mainly doing just rehab on his elbow and mm. made a big mistake of not doing enough conditioning work. He was seeing a guy, seeing a specialist in Florida and kind of, he, he would probably tell you he got a little lazy in his off season. So then he went to Australia and he was, he was a little bit out of shape to be completely honest with you. And so he, uh, he came back, didn't have a great Australia, was still having the pain in the shoulder and the elbow. Um, mentally wasn't great. And then so he decided in February he wasn't going to play at all. And mm. he was just going to get himself in the best shape he could get. And then at the same time, get himself healthy. So what he would do is for a month, well, first of all, he he just changed his mindset. Right? He focused a little more. What I don't eat. He went and saw a nutritionist, changed his diet a little bit, which was huge, which was a big commitment for him because that's not something he had done in the past. Then, mm. you know, he would basically, he would come see me in the morning and then he would go over to MedStar in the afternoon in DC and see uh, Lance Kelly, who's one of their top trainers. And he would focus on the, the shoulder and the elbow. And that was what it ended up being was more just weakness in the shoulder and his, and his, uh, is basically his whole shoulder, all the rotator cuff muscles were, were he was just weak and he hadn't trained consistently enough to to kind of get it where it needs to be. And he would tell you he he was just, you know, he he 
didn't have the best mindset on the road. He wasn't training consistently. And so he spent that month doing that five days a week for about four weeks straight. And then we went into Indian Wells. Then he also made a decision. That was when he decided to, he wanted to bring me for uh, 15 weeks on the road just to kind of stick with it. Wow. So he made a big commitment. It was a change in, in what he had done in the past. And he knew, I think, you know, he wasn't consistent enough with his training. He would work with me and then go on the road and I would send him stuff, but it becomes on you now. And maybe he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fully invested when he was doing those workouts on his own. And so, you know, when, when I was with him on the road, it, it makes it a lot easier. I can keep an eye on him, make sure the technique as well, push him a little bit more. So and yeah. he went into Indian Wells, played decent, played, had a played decent at Miami. And then, you know, I think he noticed the big difference all of a sudden mm. he was hitting the ball harder with the shoulder, the shoulder being healthy. And that credit mainly goes to Lance, but he was keeping the shoulder healthy. And then he was able to, uh, you know, he noticed the difference. He noticed the difference in his movement. Uh, you know, I just talked to him last night. He just said, my, my, his, his movement is, is so, he feels like he's moving so well right now. And, and that's just a credit to him for, you know, it, it, it all came you know, I gave him the stuff, I guide him, but it was him working hard and making the investment that he was going to be engaged in everything he did. And, and you know, no longer, right, this is it. I, I, the days of me messing around are over, you know? And so that was, that was, uh, that was kind of what did it. That month was big. I think it was month was big for him because it just kind of gave him a little confidence that, all right, I, I can lock in and, and really and get after it and get this done. And, and, I think it gave him a lot of confidence and felt like he was in the best shape he's been in in a while. And he, you could see it carried on. It took him a little while to get going, you know, made some changes to his game. And I didn't have anything to do with that, obviously, but Wayne made some changes to his game that took a little while to click. And when it clicked, I think, you know, you saw the results Wimbledon and then kind of since Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah. US Open, uh, Japan, you know, he just got to the finals, right. like super tight. Right. Um, right. You know, one, yeah. So uh, with Fritz, so yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you know, I, sometimes like we try to change our mindset with something, but like we just go back into like the old yeah. sort of what we were doing before. So like, what was it? Do you think it was like you going on the road with him for was was it fifteen weeks that did it, or like was it something else? Because surely you know, like he he wouldn't like feel like doing it, like especially in the first few weeks. I'm sure there were days where he didn't want to. Well, I know. yeah, you know, yeah. I think, I think, it, you know, in the beginning of that month, getting him to to lock in and get it, there was a lot of tough, <laughs> tough workouts that he didn't really, he kind of had to grind his way through, and he wasn't enjoying it. But when you yeah. when you put in the work, the and you feel like you're in the best shape of your life, the confidence just goes up through the roof. Mm. So I think knowing, you know, I. I being on the road, obviously helping him being able, more consistent and give him the workouts, it, it helps. But I think just knowing that he, he was just confident he was just confident that I, I've, I know I've worked. So I know I've worked harder, just as hard as a guy on the other side of the net. So I think that, I think it just gave him a lot of confidence. And, and then you see the, and also look, a lot of it depends on the results. You know, I, there was a few tough times there. We we were in Rome and we were in Rome, I believe. He lost first round in Madrid. He lost first round. And there were a few mm. tough talks where he was going, you know, I feel like I'm doing everything right and I'm not getting the results. 
And that's frustrating. And so then the results started yeah. to come. And then all of a sudden he, that confidence builds and he, that belief builds and, you know, knowing that he's put in the work and, and he's just in a, he was in a real good sp- space mentally. So I, I think that's the yeah, main thing yeah. you go through these tough workouts, these tough weeks of training, whatever you get a two week block, you kind of, there's certain workouts that I'll, I'll do where kind of take him to the edge. You know, he doesn't like the run. So, you know, if we go to the track and put him through a tough work, that, that gives you confidence. That gives yeah. you confidence. So expect, you know, it, it's different for each person. Some guys it's easy. Some guys working out is easy. You take him to the track. It's no big deal. You know, they just for him, it's tough. And so when he goes through that stuff, it, it, it does give him confidence. Yeah, definitely. No, big credit to you, to you and the team on that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm curious and obviously preface this by saying, as we said before, you know, I mean, it depends where you are, what stage you are in, in your um, tennis fitness, but like the track workouts, I'm curious if you could give us any insight into what you were, you know, doing there. Like, I mean, was it all sprint work or like, were you doing any like, you know, um, lateral movement, like I, I, um, any, I, any sorts of. If I took him to the track, it'd be more for. Uh, conditioning. So okay. I, I like okay. doing for, we have a, like a good setup here at JTC. We have a straightaway out front. That's about maybe 150 meters long and mm. eh, maybe not that long, but we, um, you know, if I'm doing speed work, it's nice. I can do it out there. And so when I go to the yeah. track, it's more of a, a conditioning where I like to do 400s with him. Um, mm. I think that's, wow. that's a real good one for tennis. And, uh, you know, with, with him, when you go to the track, there's just something, you know, when you go to a track, it's something mentally, you, you know, you're in for a grind. It's a different scene. You know, you're going uh, you're just looking yeah. at it. You're going, all right, this is going to be brutal. And so it's, it's, it's a big mental thing as well. Just going there like 400s. They, they, they really, they push you and, you know, it depends on who you're with in terms of work to rest or whatever I'm not going to get as specific but um yeah you know that i i love i like 400s doing a trip but i mean if you were going you can obviously if you don't have the straightaway i'd be going and doing more speed work more 100s with more mm. rest for speed or whatever it may be but yeah with him yeah. when i would go to the track it was more for conditioning and it, it was the main goal it was more almost yeah condition but also for him big mentally it was okay. big mentally because I know how much confidence he takes out of out of workouts like that. Yeah, so that's yeah. I'd love to athlete. hear it. That's knowing your athlete. And it would it would honestly. Robin was very similar too. She mm. she didn't like the run and and wasn't a great sprinter or natural runner. So put her through stuff like that. It gives her confidence. Nice, nice. Yeah, she she's awesome. She was on the podcast a while ago, maybe a few months ago. Um, but yeah, yeah really fun great. interview. Um. Yeah, no, she's great. And um, as far as um, because you know, I, I hear obviously from a lot of uh, tennis fitness experts um that you know you want to train like how you play, but then you you also have mentioned this element of conditioning and also how it even feeds to like the mental aspect of it of breaking through um what you thought you couldn't do. Um, so like, how do you balance that with with players um that you train? Like, how much? Like, are you doing more speed work and then once in a while you do the conditioning Well, it, or is it, it more? Than- it does depend. I mean, you, you look at the athlete, you assess the athlete, you see what their, their weaknesses are, whether it's through testing, whatever. And you kind of, yeah. some guys, some guys running is just, 
natural. It's easy. You know, there's a guy, right. Andrew Fenty, who plays in Michigan. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's a big, strong kid, but he can run all day. He's come from a background of his grandfather was a marathon runner. His dad runs all day. Uh, so it's just, I mean, <laughs> it, it, what am I, is it, it's not beneficial for me to have him go and do these crazy running work. Cause it's not going to be that hard for him. It's just, so he might need to spend a little more time in the gym and almost get mm-hmm. away from the running a little bit. Cause it's easy for him. And so maybe focus a little more work on the bike, a little tougher, shorter intervals, whatever it may be. You got to just kind of assess the athlete, look at it and then, base it off of that there's some guys i think they get a lot of conditioning on the court this is a weird sport where they you know it be it took me a while to realize like the norm for tennis players is to practice like two to four hours every day it's just it's a wild sport it's very you don't get that in a lot of sports so it's already a lot of pounding on the body and if you have a practice where you're aside for you know whatever 45 minutes was not a lot of rest and the coaches just keeps feet you've just done it you've just done a lot of conditioning so you don't really you don't really need to do a whole lot that day so you have to kind of talk to the coaches and see what they're doing on the court as well you know if you've got a hard sprint workout plan it's important that communicate that to the coaches so they make sure they're not doing a bunch of crazy side to side stuff on court or anything like that so but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's how I kind of see it. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. I, to I, see I would say they, they, that, you know, and, and especially parents at a young age, when they have younger kids, they, they, they have this idea that they, they're, they're scared of their guys getting, their kids getting too big and the way it's so important to, to strength train and to make sure that even at a young age, 10 11 you can go in there and teach them how to squat mm. you know it's not like i always tell mm. parents it's not like i'm if i got a young kid that's 11 it's not like i'm putting them on the squat rack and having them max out on the squat <laughs> but you know we may hold some dumbbells in goblin position and just learn the technique yeah. and, and learn teach them how to hip hinge it's not you know it's important to learn that stuff yeah think, i mean think, it's um in college foundation. you know one, one thing i'll say in college you get i think a lot of strength coaches maybe don't really know tennis and tennis if you're at a big football school and, and kind of a mediocre tennis school where it's not where tennis isn't a big sport. They might just give you a, like I see programs and it's just, you could tell it's a, just a generic football program and they don't really know anything yeah. about the sport. So you will see that a lot in college. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, well, I kind of felt that way, but I did notice some adaptations in yeah. some of the, the workouts, um, like slight, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if know, you have a good so, strength coach and it's going to be no problem. They're going to know what they're, yeah. Yeah, they're going to do the research. If they care, they're going to look at the sport and tailor it to make sure it benefits the sport. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Yeah. And, and, um, I know we only have a few minutes left. I was wondering, um, if you have any, um, insight into Francis's, uh, recovery routine, um, and you know, how it could apply to, to like, you know, adult players and <laughs> like the main things that we should be doing. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that that's probably a little, Unreal. With him, he has a all his tournaments. He has a physio with him, and so mm-hmm. he, you know, when he's done, he gets on the table and and gets all the treatment done. He just lays there, <laughs> and so yeah. he gets all the treatment nice. done by the physio. It's a good setup. Yeah, it's a pretty unrealistic Ballers. setup for for your everyday player. And so I would I would just recommend you know when they're 
if it's in a, just make sure you're getting in there and doing some basic stretches. You know, if you have a injury and you've gone to PT in the past and whether it's a hip, just make sure you also you're keeping up with those exercises consistently. That's one thing I think that adults tend to get away from. Maybe they get hurt and then they go to physical therapy and then they start to feel better and then they just abandon all the exercises that made them feel better. So, you know, if you have those rehab exercises, maybe you do those after you hit, you go in there, you spend a little bit of time doing mobility, stretching, cooling down. Then you focus maybe on if you had a shoulder injury, making sure you're doing those rehab work that they get just, just, just doing that, just getting in there, not just going straight from the court to your car and going home, just trying to get a few minutes of time to, bike and and then maybe just stretch a little bit it's not realistic you know like i said france is a physio with him i think it's it's wouldn't be comparable at all <laughs> just because he's able to just go literally when his match is over it just goes on the table and then it's up to them yeah. it's our job to make sure yeah <laughs> Yeah, cool. I'm sure we have a few uh, billionaires listening yeah, yeah, to this yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that yeah. do that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah definitely definitely man um are there any uh like places that you'd like uh people to like check out to follow like what you're doing like any you know socials website anything like that um i put a lot of stuff just on my personal instagram which is uh t costello 19 you can shoot me a follow and i got some stuff up there with francis and um then obviously just you know look if you got a, a a kid that is JTCC is a, is a great program and some great coaches and some great players that have come out of here and of all levels. So, you know, just check out, you know, JTCC and, and, you know, if there's, if you got a kid that's interested in getting in tennis, no matter what level, or if you're a, an adult looking to play, the club side is, is, uh, is, is, is bumping pretty good here right now. So just, that's yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the best training center around, man, for I sure. I appreciate um, that. playing there. Oh yeah, no, definitely hands down. Um, and last question, just to close it off, is um, I know you've given us a lot of great, uh, you know, advice today. Uh, but like, what is one key tip or takeaway from today that you want you know the audience to like take action on to help them improve their tennis fitness? If you're if you're not doing any strength training start to start to do a little bit more it's uh you know work around whatever injuries you have but try to get into the gym two three days with whatever you can do just to build some strength in 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 your body if you're having knee problems you know if you're able to get the the quads and everything a little bit stronger around the knee you might start to feel a little bit better so just don't just to get in there and do some strength work. And like I said, if you know what you're doing, go in there and just start doing it consistently. If you don't know what you're doing and you just go into hit and you have no background of training whatsoever, go see a trainer and, and, and just get an idea of some routine that you can get on that will at least keep you healthy. And, and, and it's important to keep that up as you get older. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, strength is the foundation of you know power, speed, all mm-hmm. that stuff, and yeah. it'll keep you healthy. So, um, great stuff, TC. Well, thanks a lot for coming yeah. on to the podcast. Looking forward to uh, seeing you. Yeah, of course, anytime. Hope right. uh, hope to connect again soon, and all the best. And yeah, thanks a lot, man. Awesome, thank you. Thanks. All right, big thanks to TC for coming on to the show. I hope you really enjoyed my interview with him. 
And uh, if you did, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the show. And you can do that by going to tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts with an S at the end. Uh, or just click the review button in your favorite podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show. Uh, Apple Podcasts will help the most just by virtue of, you know, it has the biggest audience uh, listening to the show there. And so, yeah, I would really appreciate your honest feedback on the show. And thanks so much for that. And I also would like to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of the show. And this one is by Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon said, if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. I really love that. And it uh, really gets you um, accustomed to doing things 100%. And uh, when you build these small habits and, and do the job correctly, then that uh, spills over in everything else that you're doing as well, uh, gradually. So um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, links are uh, in the show notes page. Um, all the links that we mentioned in the show, definitely check out um, TC um, at tcostello19 on social. And uh, check out those books that uh, Dr. Kovacs has written. And again, links on the show notes page. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening to the show. And I'm looking forward to bringing you uh, more interviews just like this one uh, in the future, as well as uh, some cool YouTube videos. I'm working on one. Uh, I don't know if it'll be out. It may be out by the time you listen to this um, on how to record yourself playing tennis. So I've filmed a lot of video for that. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to putting that one out there soon. And with that, have a great one. Keep improving your tennis game. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.